Welcome to The Positivity Effect, where paying it forward and doing something positive in someone's life can provide them with the confidence and motivation to do the same for someone else. Like a stone dropped into a lake, let's create a ripple effect of positivity throughout our world. And it begins with your host, Dr. Thomas Retcher. Hey, what's up, guys? Dr. Tom here, and you're listening to The Positivity Effect, episode number 80, What's Up with Millennials. Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's show. Just a couple of quick announcements. First off, come find me on Snapchat. My username is T. Retcher. Also, if you search out my name on Facebook, you can take a snap of my snap code. And I do a lot of fun behind the scenes stuff there. And it's been great connecting with you guys and, and reaching out and hearing about how the show is impacting your life. So thank you so much. And number two, the Positivity Effect store was slated to be launching on May 1st, but there's just a few quirks and uh, things that we're still ironing out. So I will keep you guys posted on that. So today I have on Ralvin Koch, and he is one of the most watched millennial entrepreneur trainers of our time and a global top 100 most followed public figure on Periscope.tv. He is a number one Amazon bestselling author, and his books include Economic Crash Dummy and his latest book that's going to be released in 2016, Fit for Greatness and the Millennial Entrepreneur's Journey. Ralvin Koch is also the founder and executive chief officer of the first ever e-learning marketing place for millennials called the Millennial School of Entrepreneurship. And we're going to be talking about that today. We're going to be having Ralvin back on tomorrow and talking about it again as well. And he's just a wonderful guy, super gifted, and he's and he's got so much to share with us today. And I'm really excited to have him on. You can reach out to him at Ralvin coke.com as well as you can email him at rcoke at ravencoke.com so guys help me welcome him now to the positivity effect hey what's up Ravin? welcome to the positivity effect hey how's it going dr tom excited to be here nothing you're a doctor too i see yeah i am dr (laughs) coke yeah in in metaphysics so more of a more spiritual level type of Doctor, not the same type of doctor as you. <laughs> doctor, doctor, love what you do. Exactly. Um, yeah, you know, I just really I love want people to, uh, you know, love what they do. That's what it's all about, happiness, right? That's right. That's right. So, Robin, you know, I gave a little backstory before you jumped on the call. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about what you're trying to do today, what you're trying to accomplish, especially because we're, we're in that same age bracket. We're both trying to make that impact in that same way. And, you know, I just love to for you to, because it kind of, it definitely connects exactly with the name of what you're trying to do. Absolutely. You know, I'll take a few moments. I won't, I won't talk your ear off for the audience, but essentially I have a purpose. My my mission is really to inspire the millennial generation. Um, You know, our generation, the generation uh, born in the eighties, in the nineties, you know, I, I feel like we've experienced a major setback in the last, you know, eight years after the the, the crash of 2008. And I realized um, myself, I've gone through some, a lot of failures during that time period. And I feel like, you know, this is a generation that wants to make a major impact on the world. And we just don't really, we don't understand how we should go about that. So yeah, and like, I decided- like there's like a loss, there's, there's a, that want to do the impact, but also 
because there's that that like loss of guidance that there's also so many of us falling away too of of following their purpose or following their dreams really absolutely you know we're almost like a lost generation right now and we're getting a lot of pushback from the older generation that feels like you know this is a lazy generation they don't they don't want to work hard they're looking for instant gratification but it's just that we're following we're trying to figure out what our passions and what our purpose is and we realize that you know what it's not necessarily the same thing that our parents did our parents were the ones that you know worked hard for a company and realized you know when the economy crashed guess what they don't really love me they don't you know it's not it's not about me you know they don't the company is not there for you um, and I think our generation took a page out of that book and said, you know what? I'm going to live my life the way I want to. I want to figure out how I'm, how I'm able to help the world. So that's what my 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 purpose is, is really to teach people how they can create a business around their passions um, so that they can actually do something that they really love as opposed to just working a nine to five every day and not being able to follow their 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 purpose. Right, right. So when did you start? When did you start this millennial school of entrepreneurship? The Millennial School of Entrepreneurship actually started um, almost a year ago. So back in 2000, 2015, uh, the summer 2015, I launched it. Um, really started to create courses uh, to teach people about different types of businesses that they can create without using a lot of money, without going for startup money or going to VCs, um, just really looking within themselves and, and figuring out what their talents and their skills are so that they can create a business. What's something that you found that like is a is a common is common amongst the millennials that you feel is something that really is, is something that holds them back and and why they feel that they are like that lost generation like what is something that's holding them back right now? It's the lack of confidence in themselves. You know, we are a confident generation, but still, when it comes to business entrepreneurship. They still feel that, you know, because I didn't necessarily go to school or don't have an MBA or I don't have the same credentials that, you know, someone um, that has has gone to a business school has. That kind of holds holds them back in terms of starting a business. Um, So where they do have the drive and the determination, they still hold themselves back, I believe. That's yeah. And 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 once you lose that confidence, it's, it's hard to really get started. Absolutely. And that's the only thing, you know, just just believing in yourself. And once you believe, it doesn't matter who else believes um, in you. It's just that you have to ignite that within yourself. And once that happens, that's it. You're on fire. (laughs) That's right. That's right. So, Robin, was there a time for you before you started before you you were an entrepreneur that you were working a nine to five job? You were working for somebody and you just felt that it wasn't it wasn't the direction that you wanted to take your life? Absolutely. I mean, I have I remember back in 2013 actually. Uh 2013. Yeah. You know, I was working for a startup company as um I worked in IT and testing software and I just didn't get along well with the co-founder of the company. You know, this guy, I, I I would be the first person in the door in the morning. Myself and the CEO, we come from New Jersey, catch the train. I'd be there before eight o'clock in the morning. And this guy would come in at, at 10 and want to stay till nine o'clock. But, you know, me with a young family, you know, I would leave around six o'clock from the city just to get home at a decent time. And, um, you know, he didn't like that. He, he didn't like it. He's like, you know what? I want you to be here until I'm here. And, you know, I, I just wasn't 
in the in that mind frame where I felt that I needed to be putting in 12 hours a day because I, I understood that I wanted to have a balance to my life. And I wanted to spend time with my family because I wanted to be there for my family and be, make sure that I was able to raise my, my, my children the way that I, I'd like to. Um, so I actually quit that job. I, it's funny because I had just gotten an evaluation and I got in a raise. I was making, you know, a six-figure salary. And um, I realized during that evaluation, during my review, that he didn't want to give me the highest mark that I could get because, you know, he just didn't want to do it. <laughs> he didn't want, they didn't want to pay me what I was worth. And for a few days, I really sat on that. I was like, you know what? I, I'm worth more than this. And I, and I feel like I can create an impact on a generation. Why am I wasting my time here? I'm not adding any value to the world. You know, I may be adding money into the bottom line of this company, but I'm not adding value. And I'm not. And, and if I go home every day in a bad mood, what is that doing to my lineage and to my family, and to the rest of the world? Yeah, that's an interesting point that you brought up because a lot of people listening would say, well, man, like, how could you walk away from a salary like that? But at the end of the day, that it's it, that's a scarcity mindset to stay. Why would you walk away from that salary? Um, because there's there is when you have that that mindset of abundance, there will always be money to go around that could be found, that can be discovered. And because money is just it's really just an exchange for a value, uh, you know, especially when you're providing an idea to somebody. So to to see that you know you were able to to shift out and now create something that from your heart is exactly what you want to provide to this world and having money funnel into you through that. It was, it's, it's much, it's, you know, even like you said, you had that salary, but when you were coming, coming home at the end of the day, you ultimately, you, you were, you were unfulfilled. You know, you weren't happy. It was, it was taking time away from things that would matter most to you from taking time away from your family and your kids. And it's, it's really that shift when, when you're able to, to do something that really matters most to you. Absolutely. And like you said, you know, if I'm coming home, uh, yes, I'm making the money, but I look at it and I say, you know what, ultimately we, we want to make money. Why do we want to make money? Because at the end of the day, we want to be happy. And if I'm not happy, then the, the money that I'm receiving from this job, this exchange is not serving its purpose. You know, so that wasn't making me happy. Robin, why do you think people feel that money is, is a dirty word? Like, why, like when, when you talk about money, sometimes with people, it, it immediately, it's like, the, the person could feel closed off or they could feel caged. You know, they don't want to usually sometimes get into the discussion. Yeah. The money, the money discussion can be rough. You know, really, I can tell you from my upbringing based on religion from a, you know, I don't want to get into religious talk, but you know, you hear a lot about it there. You know, it's just the upbringing that you have and the type of conversation that you have in your household um, that, you know, you hear money is the root of all evil. You hear all these negative things about money and, People associate money with uh, people that are not uh, necessarily the most honest or they might see them as unscrupulous. You know, so there's right, a lot of right. these negative connotations out there where, you know, um, it, they're definitely it's just a mindset, you know. Right, right. Yeah, there's and, and when you st and that's that's that scarcity mindset when you start to recognize that money is nothing more than that exchange especially what you're doing through this, the Millennial School of Entrepreneurship by providing that value to other people, it's okay. Like we, Sometimes we have to feel okay with accepting money for the value that we're providing. Sometimes that could be hard. That could be hard for some people um, because you feel like you're taking, but it's, you don't recognize, if you don't recognize the value in what you do, like you, you did early on, you recognize that 
here, here, here you were at your job and, and you felt that, that you weren't getting a raise, you know, the raise that you felt that you, that you needed or that you was really due to you. So you knew the value that you were providing. And, and I think that's something that is a, a big thing for some people. And you have to identify that first. And then when you identify that value, when you could really start to decide, okay, this is what I'm going to, if you're going to be creating, especially if we're talking about business, if you're going to be creating something where you're charging people for it, is it's being okay with really that value that you're providing for somebody. Absolutely. I totally agree. You know, it's, it's just knowing that, you know, what value you bring to the table and knowing the type of value that it's going to add into another person's life. That's so important. Right. Um, some people just really, um, they just, again, it's the confidence. It goes back to the confidence and not believing in themselves and not knowing that they are unique and they do bring something unique of value to the world. Right, right. So Robin, you're, you're a confident guy. You know, you got a lot yeah. going on with the millennial school. Who, mm-hmm. who is somebody that brought you to where you are today, a mentor that, that has helped guide you to, cause it's, it's, you, I'm sure you can agree that entrepreneurship can be a lonely road sometimes. And, <laughs> oh, definitely. You know, and having those mentors in our life can help guide us and and cre- and help us focus in the idea of of what we're trying to do, and the you know the the, the especially you know if we're just going to say the word the business idea that we're trying to do, and sometimes it starts out like it's it's all over the place, and then the mentor steps in and, and helps kind of guide you through that process. Absolutely. You know, like you said, there I've had so many mentors and, and, and people get it confused. You don't necessarily have to uh, physically be mentored physically by a person on the phone. You know, I, I get mentored through books. Um, so I have a, a ton of mentors, but I can tell you, um, especially during that phase where I was getting ready to leave my job. You know, I was reading, you know, books by Tim Ferriss. Uh, the four hour work week was very instrumental in my life. And really taught me how to organize um, the business. You know, like you said, there people are so scattered; they don't know where to start, how to add value. So Tim has been a, a, a big mentor and created a major mental shift for me to understand that I have value and how I could, you know, maybe maybe practice more eighty twenty, how to spend more time doing things that that count. What What are some of these the values that that you picked up through through the uh, four hour work week? Well, some of the values is um, Tim taught, you know, like I like I just mentioned about the eighty twenty rule that you know what you should be spending a lot of your time doing the things that matter. So, uh, based on Pareto's law, you learn that hey, there are things that you can be doing in your business, and, and you feel like you're busy. A lot of times when you first start your business, you're trying to you're trying to do everything. You want to learn it all, and you find out guess what? Well, I'm not I'm not making money. So, why am I doing these things? So, learning how to outsource certain aspects of your business so that you are doing the 20% that actually brings you revenue. And that was a major uh, lesson for me because I'm one of those guys that like to be hands on everything. <laughs> yeah, and, I want to learn it all. I want to know it all. <laughs> and it's, it's important to do that in the beginning. And, and it's, it's, but it's also important to hear that shift that you're doing because here, here, especially as entre- as an entrepreneur, you're trying to create something that is, 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 aligned with with your heart and with your values but then you also are trying to create that freedom in your life so you have that you have that time freedom for your family and for the other things that you want to do outside of your professional life and sometimes you could step away from quote-unquote job and then find yourself just as busy if you're if you're not careful you know 
And like that's 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 definitely important to hear that that there's a there's a shift that you have to make at a certain point when you're running your own business where I mean you have to learn everything in the beginning because you have to understand how everything works. But there is that shift that you have to eventually take where you're able to step back and do more of the things that that are important to the business, the things that are going to help generate revenue for the business. Absolutely. So Tim was one a major mentor. Yeah, and how about and is besides is there any any other virtual mentors that you follow? Oh, Paulo Coelho, uh, Tony Robbins, Deepak Chopra. So these are the guys that oh, man, you know. Tony my, Robbins. I had a yeah, a lot of lessons from him. Um, you know, just uh, people like uh, Napoleon Hill. You know, I had a major business failure in, in 2008, and um, during that time period, it's really when I reconnected with a lot of these these mentors, people that I call mentors, through their books and audiobooks. So, you know, it, it really helped me through because, um, you know, like Paulo Coelho said, you know, or, or, or Joseph Campbell, rather, said, where you stumble and fall, there lies your treasure. And, you know, those are like the lessons that I had to look back when I was going through my journey. And, and through my failures, and I realized, you know what? That's not necessarily a failure, but it was a lesson. Right. And right. Uh, once I started to have that mindset, that's when I realized, you know what? This is actually good for me. I'm actually learning, and I'm and I'm improving. If I'm if I'm able to harness what I learned from those lessons and and implement it, implement changes, then I'm on the right path. What was what was that fail forward experience that you had in in 2008? So in 2008, um, my my wife and I, we had just gotten married actually in 2008, and I was working for a company that was sold to Oracle. And so my best friend and I, we worked together as business analysts for this company, and um, the, the one of the co-founders helped us create this business in West Africa where we were supplying Sierra Leone with uh, medical supplies and pharmaceutical medicine. So as we all know, uh, there was a huge economic crash in 2008 and we lost um, our funding for the business. Um, I had no job. I was out of work for almost a year and a half and we had a baby on the way. (laughs) A lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. A lot going on. So that was really a time for me to still my mind. Um, You know, for a while I was just like really doing everything I can to get back into work and trying to figure out what I did wrong. Um, and, and that was that was the time that I took to to digest a ton of books and to really reflect on my life and, and understand what the lessons were that I could harness from there to to push myself forward and to lift myself up. And it's not, you know, I think there was Joseph Campbell said, it's not about how many times you fall. If you fall seven times, it's about getting up on that eighth time. Oh, man, I love that. Robin, I'm going to ask, I'm going to phrase a question this way. Because it's always interesting to hear it from, from individuals who who, because you know we talk about business on the show, yes, but it's also we talk about deeper things like this. And if I was just to phrase it, what are you? What are you grateful for in 2016? In 2016, I am. I'm grateful for. To be honest with you, I'm grateful for my family. You know, for me, having that solid foundation. Um, the family that I I feel like I'm creating, my wife and I are creating the family that we want to have. You know, I have two young two young boys, and just having that work life balance to be able to to mentor my 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 sons and and have a loving wife. Um, that is what I aspire for in life. I aspire 
at the end of the day to be happy. And I feel like I'm on that path. Initially, I was just I was chasing the money. I'm like, oh, I want to have this amount of money. And then once I started to make more money, I realized, you know what? It's not making me more happy. But it was having that time to be able to do what I wanted to do and to create those experiences. So as I move closer to having more time with my family and, and I'm seeing it more and more, um, especially in 2016, as they're getting older and I reflect on all the lessons and everything that I've learned and experienced, I'm grateful for that, for the universe to grant, it, to grant me the wisdom and the knowledge and the happiness that I'm starting to experience more in my life. Do you, do you think if if they weren't in your life that you would be where you are today in terms of especially especially talking about you specifically because you're because mm-hmm. of your entrepreneurial goals that that they really helped center those goals in for you? They did. You know, my wife and I talk about it all the time or I, I bring it up more because That's awesome. Um, you know, she had a business as well in 2008 and you know, so I had two businesses. She had a uh a commercial cleaning business. And, and I, I say to her, I was like, wow, you know, on the trajectory that we were on, I mean, we probably would have been, we definitely would have had, a, would have had a lot more money. Um, but would we have had the happiness that we experience now, you know, because we were so focused, <laughs> we were so focused on success and success being only monetary success that I think that, you know, having the family and having the children has centered us and taught us some core values about what life is really about. So that, was, that failure, that lesson that I talked about was really instrumental. That probably was the greatest thing. It wasn't a failure, but it was the greatest eye awakening experience that I've experienced in my life that has changed me for to be a better person. Oh, that's awesome. Robin, thank you so much, man, for sharing that. Guys, we're at the end of today's episode, but Robin is going to be back. Dr. Love What You Do is going to be back tomorrow with us on The Positivity Effect and... He's going to be, we're going to be talking more about the Millennial School of Business as well as his book. So, Ralvin, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Dr. Tom. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Positivity Effect. I promise to keep sharing inspiring stories with the guests every single day. I hope you feel inspired, and I hope that we start some self-reflection in you on topics like transparency, compassion, and empathy please check out the website at positivityeffect.com. Sign up for the newsletter and I'll send you some tips to get you thinking more positively. If you're really enjoying The Positivity Effect, please tell someone about the show. Together we can create a ripple effect of positivity throughout our world, something that we need so desperately today. So thanks again so much for listening. See you tomorrow for another episode of The Positivity Effect.